Hello and welcome back to Batarang, the podcast where we bring you the Batman insights that others are too superstitious and cowardly to deliver. We're reviewing Batman the Animated Series. This week, thanks to Matt Hatter, Bruce gets to live out his greatest fantasy, and apparently that fantasy is golf. With his dad. It's Season 1, Episode 30, Perchance to Dream. Then, we'll debate why Catwoman is the perfect match for Batman, or is she... On a new segment we're calling Rouge Gallery, here on Batarang. And welcome back. I am Sam here with Brandon, your Batman expert. Oh, God, I don't know any quotes from Hamlet. I mean, there's the soliloquy, but that's a little too on the nose. Yeah, I mean, you could... Uh, yeah, forget it. Yep. <laughs> excellent, excellent start. Uh, yeah, but uh, you know who does know quotes from Hamlet? The writers of Batman the Animated yeah. Series. Paul Dini, he went to a theater school. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, have we mentioned that we went to the same school? I, I'm not sure. Yeah, we went to the same school as Paul Dini. And if you um, if you read his book, A Dark Knight, um, you can see his like Emerson Letterman jacket, like sort of half obscured in one of the um, in one of the panels. And I guess his uh, his grandfather used to have um, a restaurant on Beacon Hill. Huh. Cool. Yep. So this was perchance to dream. Yep. Uh, this is not a Scarecrow episode, even though uh, sometimes I remember it as one. Yeah, it feels like it should be one, um, because there isn't... Like, I can't imagine something that... And really, we see this in the episode, what could Bruce be more afraid of than a world where there isn't Batman, or he isn't Batman, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, or, you know, just being happy and well-adjusted. <laughs> no hard pass. <laughs> there is, like... This moment in the episode that lasts maybe like 45 seconds to a minute and a half where like it's Batman or Bruce and he is actually accepting that he's happy and and going into it so uh, but it, it's it's kind of weird yeah so it's um I mean sort of our I think our high level review of this is it's um I think it's a pretty strong episode like I enjoyed watching it um like I said it's weird that it's a Mad Hatter episode but um but yeah it's pretty good yeah it is pretty good um it is so i'm trying to remember like when i saw it as a kid Mm -hmm. if i was like bought into it and thought it was cool a cool mystery or if i was like this isn't how dreaming works (laughs) or like i feel like i have like a mix of of emotions about it um but yeah i think it, it holds up well yeah, in dreams you can fly, and granted, the physics of the the bat grapnel in this Batman's basically flying in a couple of those shots. But I think um, I don't remember seeing this one as a kid. Um, if I did, I mean, at least watching it now, I think that it fits very nicely in other stories of its ilk. Um, 
so that I don't forget to mention it, you might, you know, listen, dear listener, be familiar with the Justice League Unlimited episode, um, The Man Who Has Everything, which is the adaptation of the Alan Moore story, Alan Moore's story by the same name. That's how his name is said, right? It feels so weird saying it, Alan Moore. Great. Yeah. Yep. That's it. The Alan Moore story of the same name, uh, where it's just the same thing, both Superman. Yeah. Except he has like some uh, um, like Kryptonian like plant attached to his head or something, right? I think it's on his chest, but yeah, yeah basically, because yeah. it's over his heart. You see. Right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Why not? Comics are dumb. <laughs> So, yeah, it's a solid story that asks, basically it asks, like, what if the whole premise of the series wasn't there? And actually finds a way of saying, like, finds an interesting way of undercutting itself. Yeah. Yep. Uh, It also plays into, like, how strong-willed Batman is and how that's kind of one of his powers. Yeah, I wanted to get into, and... I think let, let's talk about this as part of like the plot crawl. Um, but every one of these kinds of stories has to have some goofy reason why they realize that it, it's all a dream. Um, this is not my least favorite way that it's happened. Uh, it also kind of doesn't make you think that Matt Hatter might have done a better job just making him forget the rest of up to now. But that, I guess, would have required him to know Bruce Wayne is Batman, which if right. he doesn't know by the end of this episode, wow, what a dummy. Yeah, there's like a bunch of like dumb like things that they throw in here to like make sure that we know that Patter can't know that Bruce Wayne is Batman. Right. Uh, but it's pretty pretty heavy heavy fisted. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Do I mean speaking of that, should get our summaries on. Yeah. Not that, not that you know, the viewers at home have not figured out what it what it shapes up to be, but you know, we have the format. We have the game. Yeah. Let's play the game. We have to. We, we must. The, the, the listeners demand it. <laughs> Both the listeners demand it. Yes, Chris and my wife. <laughs> the uh, Tengu the Bat God demands it. Indeed. Okay, go. All right, so uh, Batman falls into a trap and wakes up at home. Everything is different. Uh, His parents are alive. He's marrying Selina Kyle. Uh, But then uh, he realizes something's up when he opens a book and can't read. Everything's gibberish. Uh, Eventually, he tracks down Dream Batman, who reveals himself to be Mad Hatter, uh, and he jumps off a cliff and kills himself to uh, wake up. 22 and a half. All right. Excellent. Let's, uh, Let's get your version. Cool. Batman, who obviously has lenses over his eyes, doesn't have lenses that protect from hypno flashbulbs. He imagine he dreams a world where he is not Batman, and at first that's very upsetting, but then Kevin Conroy does himself but older voice and reassures Bruce, and then Bruce decides, no, this is too nice, and then jumps off a bridge. Yeah. I like how I said it was a cliff, and you said it was a bridge, but actually... Neither is correct, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, actually, it's like a church tower. Yeah, Yeah. something like that. Uh, So, the show gives away the game in the title card because it plays the Hatter theme. Right, yeah. (laughs) I thought you were going to say the title of the episode. I'm like, ah, yes, because there are many, many children know the best, you know, theater's best contemplation of suicide. 
Mm. <laughs> yes. No, the Hatter theme. The Hatter theme. It yes. gives away that it's a Hatter episode. Yeah. Which, I don't know, maybe this is the question at the top. Um, does that work for you? Does that reveal, like, like, is there even a reveal? Were they trying to get one? It's a little hard to tell. I mean, I think so. I think they were going for a reveal, like, and it worked. Um, like, if you didn't pick up that it was Hatter from the theme, mm-hmm. then you like you'd be watching it's like a formula that a lot of shows use right like something is wrong what is wrong like we're going to keep watching because things are adding up but but eventually the show promises that it will add up yeah i guess my thing is that the reveal really just is that it's hatter right Mm -hmm. who cares it doesn't matter that it's him so i think that's my problem with it is if the first scene wasn't the actual beginning of the story, if we picked up, I don't know, it is kind of in media res, but sort of not. Point being, like, I don't feel any any tension until the very end. And granted, like, that climax is pretty, I don't know, it was it was a lot for me, like, again, for a children's show. But. Yeah, yeah. I think, like... The reveal isn't just that it's Hatter, though. Like, mm-hmm. the reveal is, like, the whole scheme, right? Yeah. Um, like, I've put you into a machine that will give you, like, your perfect life as a dream, mm-hmm. right? That's what, like, that explains what we've been seeing this whole time. Yeah. Um, but, like, I feel like Star Trek did stuff like this a lot. Uh, the Next Generation, that is, like, where, uh, like, the episode where, like, Worf is unstuck in, in time and space and you're like, what's happening? Let's figure mm-hmm. it out. Let's solve this mystery. Like, it follows the same beats. Um, yeah. The X-Files also had an episode that was really similar to this um, where um, I think it was Mulder. It might have been the second guy that replaced him. Uh, John Doggett. <laughs> yeah, it might have been Doggett, but uh, Scully and I believe Mulder were trying to solve a mystery, but everything was wackadoo and it turns out they had been um, completely uh, taken over by spores. There was this like the spore system that like puts you into a psychedelic trance and then slowly sinks you into the earth. Um, but like there was a nice twist in it because like they figured out what it was and uh, they got free from it and then like they continued living their lives and like writing the reports and then they were like, wait a minute, like what drug stops working because you realize you're under its effects? Yeah. And, like it turns out they were still dreaming the entire time. Uh, and then, like, they happen to get rescued by, like, their boss. Right. That would have been a rad ending for this if Alfred had saved Bruce instead of... But let's let's break down by some details. Sure. Um, so we already mentioned Batman is, what, fighting thugs? He's, like, chasing people through alleys and yeah. stuff. And, like, he runs, chases them over a catwalk and, like, looks up at the last second and he gets, like, clobbered. Right. And then wakes up at home, stately wing manor, big bed, you know, the jam. And he gets up and Alfred doesn't know what Bruce asked. Like, how did I get home? And Alfred's like, what are you talking about? Right. Uh, he's like, man, I walked into that trap like an amateur. <laughs> and then Alfred, and that's, that's when Bruce should have known that it wasn't reality is Alfred didn't say anything bitchy. Uh-huh. 
that should have been like sassy Alfred isn't here. Mm-mm. That also means that in Bruce's conception of a perfect reality, uh, Alfred doesn't give him any lip. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Alfred also insinuates that he must have been out with some random woman. Right. I love how freely, and, and maybe this is just, yeah, it's a children's cartoon, but of that time, right, of the early 90s, they were fine with saying, like, yeah, Bruce is slutting it up out there. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, I mean, it's very normal for a man to do that. It is so very normal. I, I guess for me, the funny thing is, like, they say everything but the word sex. Mm-hmm. And I guess as a kid, I was like, what, what is, but what does this mean? Like, there, I, I sensed the gap that was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, eventually I... I intellectually found out. <laughs> so the best way to find out. The best way to learn about these things. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. There are some. Uh, there's some nice art deco flourishes in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the animation in this episode is generally good. Yeah. Like on the strong side, um, we get to see Wayne Tower or whatever, and like it's looking very Thirty Rockefeller Plaza like. Yep. Uh, like you like to see. <laughs> yep. Have we have we talked about Wayne Tower and just what it looks like? Um, I think we we did in Prophecy of Doom. Okay. Um, like it was like over the top in that episode. Though. Yeah. We should maybe check that. But I just want to throw out: I do love that. I have asked before: Why does Wayne Tower either have to look like a bat, or have a giant W on it? And after watching uh, Netflix's Immortal Iron Fist. It's just Iron Fist. I just like to think that it's a better show than it is. Uh-huh. Um, after watching Netflix's Iron Fist and the Rand building, I wasn't sure which building I was supposed to be looking at. Yeah, we have talked about this before. Uh, okay, like the giant W or whatever lets you know like where you are exactly. Right, whereas yeah. if it were the Rand building, it'd be like, Robin's in this show? Yeah. Um, okay, cool. So he, I mean, sorry, when Bruce wakes up, is that that is when he sees his parents for the first time, right? Yeah, he like walks out into the kitchen, and for some reason they still live at Wayne Manor with him. I mean, it's a big place, yeah. You know, I guess, I guess it's normal for like a man in his thirties to live with his parents if they're billionaires. If they live in a house the size of five houses, I think that's reasonable. Yeah, he's probably like in different wings. Yeah, yeah, bad yeah. wings. Yeah, bad wings. <laughs> Dang it, you got me. Yeah, beat me to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Bruce has not the funniest reaction, but his parents don't know what to do with the fact that he is distraught to see them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love how like he just cannot play it cool mm-hmm. throughout this entire episode. He has no idea. It's, it is how a child would react, yeah. basically. Whereas I feel like if I'm in a situation where I don't know what's going on, I don't know what the rules are, you know, I just kind of smile and nod. I imagine if this were a, a comic, it would have done that, right? But that's why, like, Robin exists anyway, is that Batman has someone to talk to. Right. You, like, in the right in the comic, you would have, like, a, like, bemused look on his face and then, like, an, a thought bubble coming out. Right. Where it's like, huh, they, were, they died in 1978. <laughs> this is odd. I remember, because it was the year after Star Wars came out. <laughs> And that, that nice fella who was in it fell into that vat of chemicals. Um, yeah, so he is upset to see his parents, but then goes to work. Yep. 
Yes. Um, and like Selena Kyle shows up. Right. While he's at work. And God, sorry for all the dead air you're going to have to cut. Mm-hmm. I'll do some too. Of course, he's happy to see Selena, but asking the, that rom- most romantic question, why aren't you in jail? And more or less, uh, they are going to get married. They are betrothed to be wed. They are indeed. And they have uh, a milk toast interaction. Yep. Uh, and then Batman swings by. Yeah. And he's neat. And Bruce is like, oh, okay, wait, this is bad. This is bad? I'm not sure what this is. Yeah. Right. Like, he, he's asking her about, like, Catwoman. Right. And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then uh, <laughs> Batman, like, swings by the window and, like, they run out to see it. Yeah. And he just is just clowning on some dudes. Yeah. Improbable physics. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Swinging around poles. Yep. Kicking fire hydrants open. And so on. Yeah, it's weird. Again, like, in Bruce's conception of a perfect world, Batman doesn't really... He doesn't act the way Batman does in this reality, right? He doesn't have to. He can do goofy, like, Silver Age shit, like kick over a fire hydrant. Yeah. Which, you know, also says a lot about, like, Bruce wishes that he could just kind of acrobat around a bit more and not be as punchy, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I I think like it adds to the overall like surrealness of yeah, things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and in the background of the shot, you also see um, signs that are not readable. Right. Which is like if you're paying attention, like starting to lay down a little bit of, of the clues about what's going on. Yeah. Is that true in dreams? You can't read. No. So <laughs> you you can read in a dream, but if you look back at what you read, it says something different. Okay. It doesn't remain constant. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Because the reason given was, I understand that like the stuff we're taught as kids in school about left side, right side of the brain is all, all shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at the end, when, when Bruce says, I figured out it was a dream because... You read with the one side of the the brain, but you dream with the other, and I'm like, okay, that's fine, whatever. Yeah. Uh, when I was a kid, I was like, that sounds like absolute bullshit, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I've read in a dream. Yeah. My uh, my dreams are so tremendously frustrating. Like, I don't. So I've never like tried to read. I'll have flying dreams, but I'm really bad at flying. I'm like, this is it. This is what I get. Cool. cool yeah. Cool. My flying dreams are like I can jump up and like float a little bit. Um, and then like kind of like like coast down to the ground like a plane coming in for a landing. I gotta say, it's a little reassuring to know that I'm not the only one who's, whose dream conception of self is you're okay at this, uh-huh. sorta. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm doing it. I'm still like, holy shit, this is amazing. It is pretty cool. So, yeah. <laughs> All you have to do is jump and not fall. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but no, it's not as cool as you would hope. Um, yeah. Uh, what do you think of Conroy's dad voice? It's fine. Like, it is just Bruce, but bassier. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit different than his dad voice in Grey Ghost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more... Rec- I think he changed, changes it a little bit more from his Bruce voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which he would have to since they're going to be next to each other. Yes. I mean, I think that's the thing of, like, part of why we're having a little bit of trouble actually talking about and navigating this episode is... As is so often the case with these, you have your setup, 
and that initial reveal and then the wheels kind of have to spin for a while mm. right like you have to reach a critical mass of like evidence to convince the main character that yes this is a dream yeah and then they decide to do something about it but that that middle act is rough to make interesting yeah i mean essentially what happens is he like opens up a newspaper can't read opens up books and can't read he's like Alfred is considering committing him because he's freaking out about things. And when we say freaking out, he opens this book, cannot read, checks another, and then starts tearing up the library. Yes. And pushing over the grandfather clock. Where's the bat cave? So he goes to see Leslie Tompkins. Right. Uh, and uses her as a shrink, basically. Which is kind of her job, sort of. Sure. <laughs> but since he, in real life, she knows he's Batman. Right. He feels like he can tell her everything now. Mm. And she basically tells him that uh, he has, because his life is unsatisfying and he has everything he wants and needs, his subconscious has created this other life where he's like bereaved and like has become Batman. I love that no one minds telling Bruce he's kind of a piece of crap. Like, <laughs> well, you know, you are lazy and dumb. But, uh, you're a pretty good dude. Yeah. That's everyone's response. Alfred says that. Yeah. Um, which is, yeah, wild. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he theoretically, like, is the CEO of Wayne Corp, though, right? Like, that's a pretty important job. But they straight up tell him, like in real life, he doesn't do any of the work. Right. Uh, Lucius Fox actually runs the company. Yes. Yeah. Lucius, who doesn't make an appearance in this episode, is kind of a bummer. Yeah. Or if he does, it's token. Uh, he doesn't. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, but once he comes to believe that he's actually like creating this alternate life for himself, he decides that, well... Then the nightmare's over. I don't have to fight crime. I don't have to be Batman. My parents are alive. The world is a better place. Batman, the real Batman is out there doing that. And he's just like happy, kissing his mom on the cheek. Uh, he's going to be a good boyfriend to Selena. He's going to do a good job at work. Calls his dad, sir. I like that you spelled nightmare with a K there. <laughs> yes, you, if you were a, here and you were a lip reader, you could see the K. Oh, no, I live in a comic book world. Uh -huh. So I can I can read the, the transcript. Oh, perfect. It. Yep. It, it's helpful for a lot of those homophones. What I I want I, I have to camp on that, Bruce. Your life is so unsatisfying. You because we know that that's something that actually does bother. Like this has been established in the series as something that bothers Bruce. If you remember that what first Scarecrow episode, yeah. where that professor says your father would be ashamed of you, mm -hmm. to a man who has saved Gotham a few times at that point, yeah. right? Saved a bunch of lives. Yeah. And it's so, it's so interesting now as an adult with anxiety to see this character who objectively has, has done a lot of good in the world. We could argue more bad, but it's a cartoon world. Don't worry about it. Um, and still being worried, like, am I spending my time effectively? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this a thing worth doing? Which is, yeah, it's completely ridiculous because, like, <laughs> even as just Bruce Wayne, he's starting um like charities right. and like um holding fundraisers and like all of this stuff like he's throwing his weight around constantly uh as a like philanthropist yeah. and ceo uh and then on top of that he's also batman <laughs> <laughs> and on top of that he's the world's greatest detective the greatest martial artist he's just the bestest boy at all the things 
Mm-hmm. I was reading, I was reading a Wikipedia article for one of the new Batman characters, uh, Ghost Maker, who's basically the the Batman of Southeast Asia, and he and Bruce came into conflict when they both went to Ireland at the same time to be trained by the world's best knife thrower. Oh. <laughs> like, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that is such... That's terrible, right? Like, if it had been pretty much any other skill that's relevant to Batmaning, but that's the one they went with? Okay, Mm -hmm. fine, cool. Super. Great. So anyway, Bruce decides he's going to enjoy a few rounds of golf and having a a beautiful girlfriend. So, awesome. But then something triggers him realizing that it's all fake. Is this the books or is this something else? I think it has to be the books because this is when he freaks out the hardest. Yeah. It's like, it's all wrong. Yeah. And of course, after that, he does what you do when you find out that your books aren't working. You go by a grappling hook. That's right. You run from the police. That's right. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, so he basically goes into like commando mode. Uh, he and has his tactical turtleneck on. Yep. <laughs> and he's like buying supplies and he's like, I need all this stuff and like five gallons of gasoline and like, you know, um, just buying stuff and from this guy at a general store. Yep. Uh, the police for some reason show up and try to arrest him because he's illegally parked in front of a store. That's the excuse they're using, but they say, hey, your parents are worried about you. Yeah. Like they slipped, they slipped Gordon up a hundo and said, hey, can you run to my son yep yeah uh, and he's like sure I'll come home with you in a right after this and he jumps back <laughs> the car and peels off <laughs> yoink <laughs> uh, and he drives to a graveyard yep where there's a big church tower in the middle of it yep and he climbs up because this is where he's gonna meet Batman yes he knows Batman's gonna be there because he remembers being Batman and this is part of his patrol yeah which, the, I mean, that could have been handled a little more satisfyingly, right? It's like, oh, these are where my parents are buried. Their grave isn't here. Or it's a different Martha. Could Any number of things, uh-huh. right? But that's fine. Whatever. Um, he and Batman argue. And then they fight. Mm-hmm. And for someone who is worried that he is just a soft dude who isn't really good for anything... He still fights Batman, so... Yeah. Well, he has lost his training. Right. Uh, the police also show up. Yep. And there's some nice lighting effects in this scene. They do They do throw a spotlight up there. It's pretty fun. Which is what you need when Batman is fighting Bruce Wayne. Right. Because you need those... I mean, you know this about animation, but in case we haven't talked about it before, it's so important to have that, that really good silhouette. Yes. Right. Um, and when... When the difference between one character and another is the cape showing up and the ears. Otherwise, it's just the same huge guy. So, it's a pretty good fight. It gets um, it gets a little dirty. Yeah. We're kind of rolling around and beating the shit out of each other. <laughs> uh, and eventually, he gets the uh, hood off of Batman, but under there is not Bruce. It's the Mad Hatter. Yep. And then... For some reason, the Mad Hatter then explains the whole premise of the show, of the episode. He's like, ah, Batman, here was my whole plan. Here's what's happening. But what I don't get, <laughs> what doesn't add up, yep. is that all of this is taking place in Bruce's subconscious, which, which means that in order for Hatter to appear and explain all this to him, including a lot of important details, like the fact that 
Hatter doesn't have access to this dream world. He's only creating it. So he doesn't know that Bruce and Batman are the same person and so on. That means that Bruce has to already know all this because it's coming from his own brain. World's greatest detective. Yeah. Yeah. He just pieced it together subconsciously. Not subconscious. So the thing is, all this stuff was stolen from Dream Tech and the Oniro Institute. And yeah, Bruce just... That's what Bruce pieced together is like, oh, someone must be building an experimental dream machine. Ah. Someone's doing an eternal sunshine. Yes. That, that's how good of a of a detective he is. I like that reading. It would be nice if it was explicit. It would be nice if... if if I got paid to write back, <laughs> as would be fair and just. But yeah, he explains everything, uh, including the plan. Yep. Uh, and he's like, well, it doesn't matter. You can't wake up even if you wanted to. So just deal with it. Um, I tried to give you this perfect dream so you would stay out of my business. Um, but you couldn't even accept that. And then uh, Batman is like, no, I'm getting out of here. Uh, and then he says, uh, he jumps, he jumps off and he says, I'll see you in, and I forget if he says something or just leaves it off. Um, I don't it comes dangerously close to being badass. Yeah. I think I'll see you in your nightmares or something. <laughs> something. Yeah. Uh, but not I'll see you in hell, which is what, you know, I would say if I was about to <laughs> jump off of a church tower. Yeah. Yeah. Right, because I think Hatter is saying, like, how do you know that it's really a dream? How do you know that you'll wake up? And he's like, I don't, but if I don't, I'll see you in your nightmares. And he jumps off. So, as as Hatter points out, besides, like, Bruce becoming, you know, suddenly dyslexic, um, or whatever this equivalent would be, um, you mentioned before it's his willpower, right? Mm -hmm. It's that he trusts himself so much that he can reject literally reject the reality around him um which is actually batman's whole thing um and i gotta say while that is kind of a dumb reason for this to have worked um it is not the dumbest i've seen i was thinking about it today that has to go to house of m the x-men event do you know this one no oh boy so uh, Scarlet Witch just has her reality shifting powers and says for reasons I forget and don't matter because they're contrived says no more mutants and no wait it's the flip side uh, um, it's it is a world ruled by mutants that's it uh -huh. that's what caused the her mutant genocide after that okay great my point being is yes, now we are in a mutant-ruled world where Magneto is king of Earth and, I don't know, Peter Parker, some sad dude because he's a human hero. Um, Wolverine is the head of head of Magnus's guard and he realizes that the world... I thought you were going to say was the head of HR. Uh, I mean... <sighs> yeah, yeah, snicky snake HR. We're going to have to cut you, buddy. <laughs> um, bub. So he realizes it's a fake reality because of his healing factor, you see. So, like, his brain is, is fighting sure. reality? Yeah, I guess. All right. So there's that. 
And it's if anyone should realize it's a fake reality, it should be Spider-Man because of his spidey senses. And I mean, they won't stop tingling. Yeah, <laughs> it's like no, Peter, you just have eczema. <laughs> so absolutely. Um, so I'm reading this book. I hate that. The other thing is that it's an instance where reality actually did change, mm-hmm. right? So someone says, like, wait, most of us are doing great. Like, I mean, I don't even remember who said it or who they pointed to, but it's like, your parents are alive. Hey, that's changed in this reality. Like, if we go back to that other reality, we are killing all those people. Mm -hmm. And everyone says, yeah, but it's not real. It's not true. It's like, but it is real. It's like, well, but it shouldn't be. And then they decide that they will, what convinces everyone else that this reality isn't real is that Charles Xavier is not buried at the Xavier Memorial. And like a lot of people aren't buried at memorials. Or are they? Is there is there someone buried under every memorial hospital? Like a little seed? You plant a rich person's corpse in the ground and a hospital grows? I mean, that would be great. That would actually be very cool. Yeah. Let's test that. Um, speaking of, so yeah, Bruce jumps off a church tower, but instead of growing a hospital... He wakes up. Yep. He and like he's like you know groggily waking up and pulling the mind control helmet off. And Hatter is like, "No, how is this possible? You rejected my perfect reality." And Batman is like, "Are you even going to put up a fight now that I'm here and about to kick your ass?" And he's like, "No," because <laughs> what Conroy really sells in that moment is he feels so violated, mm-hmm. right? And I think that this part of what makes this depiction of Batman so good is. That if this had happened at any time after this series, or in the comics before, and in any other medium, he would have brutalized that man. Yeah, probably. Like, there would absolutely have been some of that good, wet celery being broken fully, uh-huh. because Batman could only understand, could only respond to feeling helpless by with violence, right? Whereas here, it's it's a little more subdued and conroy really sells that it's like you don't even know what you did you can't you could not know what you did to me whereas mad hatter is angry at, at batman for you know making making his stalking not work right yes <laughs> not letting him abuse a woman yes uh you ruined my life so i tried to repay the favor by giving you the perfect life yeah and you were too ungrateful irony yeah uh but yeah that's the episode yep so Batman's body count is zero. None. It was on a fantasy world. Yeah. yeah. Um. I yeah. Unless like he just scared one of those goons so bad cardiac arrest. But yeah, it's zero. So that's cool. Yep. Yep. Ranking. Ranking. Um. Solidly middle. Middly middle. Yeah. I want. I want to say that there's enough good episodes now and enough bad episodes now that this might be the barometer. Yeah. Like yeah. this might be the new dividing line. <laughs> Like, if it's worse than this, then it's in, like, then it's worse than average, and if it's better than this, it's better than average, and, like, that means something because this was a pretty good episode. I think what typifies it as, like, this sort of, as the Batman the Animated Series episode is that the writing has obvious holes in it mixed with wild pretension. (laughs) It has decent action sequences. It has good action sequences. Like, there's some good fights in there. And it, but not the best. Not the best. And it has some raw emotionality and some that does not get examined. Yes. Right? Like you'll notice we kind of stopped talking about Selena. Yeah. Because she vanishes. Right. Because um, 
which is kind of a bummer. Like any any of those relationships, right? Like, okay, well, if Bruce has a second chance with his parents, like, I'm going to play golf with you, sir. Like, who cares? Like, who cares? Yeah, yeah. Who cares? Like, am I, if this was like a longer episode, yeah. you might even get a scene where like Bruce like knows that he's in a dream, but like goes on a date with Selena anyway. Right. Yeah, that would be so... Like, that's... That's the thing is his parents don't even have to be back, right? Like, I think that makes the the episode a little shaggy, mm. right? Like, if it was... Who's also met Batman? Uh, <laughs> Zoinks! If... So I take it back. Second world's greatest detective, but first if Velma can't find her glasses. Uh-huh. So his parents... Like, even if it was just, like, he and Selina aren't Bat and Cat, and there is a Batman out there who is protecting Gotham from more legitimate threats than dudes with stolen car i don't know who cares whatever it was parents are dead natural causes a few years ago yeah and then we could have gotten a little depth into like well what does he actually want from this relationship with selena kyle Mm -hmm. and again maybe i am being a grown-up watching this show and saying like well i want to explore this this dynamic whereas um for a kid it's like oh no yeah got got the girl but i don't know like Kids can understand, like, I mean, friendship, right? Like, you just kind of do that, but with more smooching. Uh-huh. So. Yeah, I think, like, the instinct of the writers was, this is Batman's perfect reality, so it needs to be, like, opposite day. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, you know, the parents are alive. The, you know, he's married to Selena. Like, things are going good at work. Like, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, solid, solid center. The equidistant point between the two bat ears on the symbol. Yes. Now, we have a new segment, but before we get to it, I wanted to ask you about Booster Gold. Ah, yes. Because you've been bringing up the fact that that, this is not the only time that Bruce Wayne and Batman have come to blows. No, no, it is not. As a matter of fact, so it's... Okay. So, if you haven't read um, Tom King's run on Batman, it's pretty good um it treads a lot of ground that other stories did sometimes better sometimes worse it does have an issue uh where mr freeze is on trial and bruce is on the jury and it's amazing it yeah it's 12 angry men with batman it's so good but then there's this issue where so there's this volume there's like a six issue part where bruce is i don't know hallucinating or some stuff it's Look, it's whatever it is. There's a bunch of stuff, shenanigans. Booster Gold decides that he wants to get Batman a, a wedding present because he's, he's marrying Selina. He's marrying Catwoman. So Booster says to himself, what would the ultimate gift for Batman be? Uh, and Booster, being kind of an insecure piece of shit, says, I will show Batman that the world needs him. That it... I will show him a world without ba- a wonderful life in him. Uh-huh. Um, and boy, how he does he. <laughs> so, because being from the future, Booster knows Bruce Wayne is Batman. So he goes back in time and saves the Waynes. Uh-huh. This is not the first time Booster has tried to pull this shit. <laughs> he also tried to um, save Batgirl from uh, being paralyzed. But in that story, I think it's the Phantom Stranger shows up. And he's like, no, this is a set point in time booster. I swear to God, I'll kill you. I know God, I can do this. Um, 
Whereas here, they let it happen. So, can Booster normally just time travel to any point in history he cares to go? If that's convenient for the story, yes. Okay. Because <laughs> I know him from just the Unlimited, and he seems to be stranded in the the era that he's in. Yeah, I think in comics, a lot of the time, it's somewhere along the lines of he sees he's sort of a mediocre superhero in his time, uh, but since he has such a good tech, he feels like he can basically be a bigger celebrity here. Yeah. Um, whatever i'm not i'm not a booster gold expert that's not why i'm here what i'm here to tell you is he saves the lanes great um bruce basically has the life that gets talked about in this episode but everything is hellish gotham is just a battlefield um it's it's terrible the whole world and universe has suffered because batman wasn't there this guy's on the justice league he wasn't there to help Superman and Wonder Woman clean up shop. Um, and the Bruce Wayne of this reality finds out. Mm-hmm. I don't remember how, because it doesn't matter. What, I, what I'm driving at... So he gets himself a gun. <laughs> uh, and he's going to shoot Booster. And then he's going to go back in time and murder his own parents. <laughs> That's so stupid. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> um, and when, like, I guess when Booster, like, demonstrates, like, no, no, I can I can fix this. It's fine. And this Bruce Wayne sees, like, oh, okay. This is the world that, like, I have to be miserable for the world to be decent. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see him shoot himself in the head. Which I have some feelings about like putting you know a jump to one's death suicide in a kid's show but in a comic again for children like batman is not um this is regular series right this isn't black label or anything like that Yeah, a little overly grim it's a it's a very grim um to have again like an on-screen gun on-screen on-panel gun suicide yeah yeah Anyway, Bruce didn't like the gift. <laughs> Wasn't a good present. So, just like this episode. Just like this episode. Um, looping in more, part of the like resolution of this whole story arc is Thomas Wayne from the reality, I guess Earth 2 or whatever, where he is Batman, mm-hmm. comes to the main reality to work with Bane to beat Bruce up so bad he stops being Batman. <laughs> okay. Yep. <laughs> Because if you saw one of your kids doing something unhealthy, you would just do that thing at them so hard they give up. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's good parenting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I understand the impulse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I love, I, I kind of love Flashpoint Batman because it is just, what if Biff Tannen were Batman? Pretty much. Yep. Uh, cool. So you have, you've come up with a segment. Yes. We have a new segment that we're both really excited about. It is called Rouge Gallery. So this is a segment where Brandon and I are going to debate the merits and flaws of Batman's various love interests. It's a series. Yes. So this is the first one. Since this episode partly centers around Batman in his dream fantasy being engaged to Selena Kyle, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about Selena slash Catwoman about as Batman's uh, perfect mate. So one of us is going to take the pro, 
One of us is going to take the con. We don't know which yet. We're going to flip a coin. Uh, and we're going to go at it with one side saying that they were meant to be and the other side saying they would never work. Oh, God. Oh, God. Do you have a coin handy? Uh, I don't. I didn't think that far ahead. Do you have a coin? I have the dice I was using last night. Hey, a, hey. Dice, a dice is like a coin with six sides. <laughs> or a coin is like a die. Anyway, um, so we'll say your... How do we want to do this? Uh, I'll be one, two, three, and you'll be four, five, six. Right, but then which side does that mean we take? Do you get to pick? Oh, God. Okay. Uh, two. Two. Okay. So... Uh, I am going to surprise you and I'm going to take the con. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I, was, I was so, I was, it's like, I can make this argument, but I don't want to. I don't want to. Um, and I'll let, I'll let you listeners know we are recording this on the day the Batman is released. And I'm really excited to see, see Battinson and, and Zoe Kravitz Catwoman romance. Um, great. Do you, so do you want to do counterpoint and counter counterpoint? Do you want to have the so opening salvo? It's going to go pro will lead it off. Mm-hmm. Con will give the, the argument against you get a short rebuttal to what mm-hmm. I said, and then I'll get the last word. Cool. Um, in earth Two's Helena Wayne, they successfully raised a child who seems pretty well adjusted. Is that it? I mean, I think that's kind of a big deal, right? Like, that's, like, they grew old together. Like, there is a reality where, I guess you said it was the short rebuttal. So, I I just want to throw out there is, like, the initial point. Like, there is a story where they've, like, grown old together, had a kid, right? Raised the rest of (laughs) that gaggle of Robins. Um, But really, I think it's, it's the best one because Catwoman is fundamentally a decent person and is able to understand and challenge Bruce. I think that's the most important thing. Um, I want to keep this like contained to her and not bring in like, you know, Bond, Silver St. Cloud is useless. Um, but yeah, Catwoman is one who challenges him, not just, you know, running on rooftops and, and stuff, but forces him, at least sometimes, to question, like, okay, is the way I'm waging my war on crime correct? Because she has had a harder life, but has also ended up dressing up in animal leathers to punch dudes. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a relatability that that matters. Um, also, another excellent issue of the Tom King Batman run is Batman's um, bachelor party. Uh, he, or like wedding announcement. Anyway, he and Selena and then Lois and Clark go to uh, a carnival and watching, watching like the men talk things out and Superman pointing out like, she's a criminal. Yes. (laughs) You hunt criminals. Yes. (laughs) And the fact that like Batman is willing not to... To care because he's finally understanding that there is a that it's not criminal, not criminal, right? That there's a world of difference between her and the Joker, right? I, that like that is such a meaningful thing. Um, 
and then watching Selena and Lois talk and like what it is that Selena uh, sees in him and she appreciates his single-mindedness. She admires his dedication, right? That he actually makes her want to be a better person, right? They're good for each other. Um, and she's my favorite, so there. <laughs> okay. So here's the con. Okay. Uh, so first, just to what you said, I think there's a reason that all that happened in Earth 2. Yeah, well. <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> right? It's, it's like almost like a what if. Uh, like it's like this fantasy that would not work in the main continuity for a few reasons. It was so it was just the golden age continuity. The golden age continuity became Earth Two. Ah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think like what's interesting about the Batwoman, uh, sorry, the Batman Catwoman like dynamic whenever it's like on screen is like this dangerous flirtation they have, right? right? Like they're up on the top of the building and they're fighting, but they kind of want to kiss. Um, but mistletoe can be deadly. Exactly. Uh, like she's like this forbidden fruit to him. Mm -hmm. And, uh, like if the will they won't, they resolves, it becomes a lot less interesting. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, furthermore, Batman slash Bruce Wayne just can't let himself be happy. Right. Like we saw this in this episode, right? Like he's like, no, like this is all wrong. Like I shouldn't be happy. I just need to do this penance. Um, you know, this, this latent guilt over something that happened to me when I was a child that I can never get over, right. Carries through to everything. He just feels like he has to be a martyr. Um, she's a criminal, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, and like you were saying before, uh, apart from in this one storyline, like Batman is the single minded person who can't disambiguate things. They're, they're just black and white. Right. Uh, and, uh, that's how he sees it. Like he might issue her an ultimatum, right? Stop what you're doing and we can be together, mm -hmm. but she would never do that. Because, like, the thrill of what she's doing is, like, giving her life meaning because she'll be bored otherwise. Right. Um, and I feel like the last thing that I want to talk about is that um, Batman can... Uh, so, like, Batman, like, craves control, mm -hmm. right? Um, his life went out of control when he was a child, and a lot of what he's doing is about taking that control back. Yeah. Um, his relationships tend to break down when he cannot control the person on the other side. Like the, for Robin, for instance. Right. Uh, and like inherently, I think Batman will not be able to control Catwoman because she's too free, right? She's her own person. So those are the reasons that I think that it would never work. So my rebuttal being... So, okay. For one thing, there is no one who is better suited to hand over... Um, for a few hours on a Saturday night control to a woman with a whip than someone who is in control that much the rest of the time. So there, there's a little segment of... but So I understand what you're saying. And I guess the whole of it is I'm tired of that. I'm tired of that story. And it's been escaped before. right? I think part of the, part of the problem is that so many Batman stories get written as though they need to be in, like, in continuity forever. But they aren't, right? Like, the, the DC Universe now gets rebooted every few years, really. Like, every, what, five or six years? Let Batman have a fucking arc. Let him grow as a person, right? And that can be part of this. Um, and I think 
in the comics, they are now married. So there is that, right? Here's my, my response to like the will they, won't they, is when she joins up, um, she just, she folds into like the Bat family, right? Which I know that's still his name on the, on the tin, but if you go back and like read the first issue of Batman Incorporated, right? That's them on a mission. So I think that's the difference between um, the Batman Catwoman relationship and the like, I don't know, Sergeant Major, whoever, and Genie, or yeah, or whatever in I Dream of Genie. I don't know. You listeners, you either know this show or know of me TV. You get my point, right? It does have somewhere to go because now they're they're both lovers and co-workers. And that that never goes wrong. That I mean, but that's that's the point, right? Yeah. Is it maintains tension. It doesn't have to break everything down. So, here's what I want to say for the final word. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what you say is interesting. Like I agree, it might be cool to have change up the Batman formula a bit. But I think ultimately, um, people want to see a certain kind of Batman, right? And I'm talking about like the broad populace. Uh, and that is um, a Batman who uh, is like resetting to the status quo, basically. Um, like he is like James Bond in that way, mm. right? He's going to have movies forever, yeah. right? Like we like seeing him get the girl, right? But then in the next episode, it needs to be a fresh start. It's it's so it's so funny in Batman Returns where the only only recognition of Vicky Vale having existed is Bruce Ingdahlford. I'm not the one who loaded in the Batcave. Like that's it. That's all. Okay, it's yeah. fine. It's fine, Tim. But like it's just like um, you know in what was it uh, Quantum of Solace or whatever the sure whatever the movie was where like he's basically like marries Vesper like he's engaged to her or whatever mm. and then like the very first scene of the very next movie she's dead yep right um we don't want Catwoman dead no we want her out there being cool and desirable yeah um so yeah I feel like this, this is just the pattern just the way the world works yeah and and I get that I think that I'm just in a space where I've read so many comics and like comics have moved to being more and more like six issue story arcs or 12 issue arcs or whatever, right? But everything has to fit into a trade paperback. So I think that's the thing. Anyway, um, listeners, you can weigh in uh, to either of us on on Twitter and tell me why I'm right. Um, and, you know, our other listener, Mike, <laughs> Mike I swear to God. <laughs> um, and also, you know what? Uh, even, even if you uh, somehow agree with Sam... It, let us know. I mean, we're we're gonna have to do Zatanna when that episode comes up. Uh-huh. We'll have to talk about Talia. Yep. Um, but you know, if if you want to hear more Rouge Gallery, if if someone out there got really angry that I said Silver Saint Cloud is a nothing character, uh, let us know. Yeah. We can talk about. We can learn who she really is because I don't. I hardly remember. But okay, yeah, I'm willing to do that for you. Yeah. We should probably have a Twitter for the podcast so people can find it. Yeah. By the time this airs, maybe we will. And if we do, it'll probably be at Battering Podcast. Yeah. That's a good um, guess. But you can always email us at batteringpodcast at gmail.com as well. There you go. And we might check it and see what you said. 
Uh, but yeah, feel free to tweet at Brandon and me as well. Yep. Uh, so yeah, that's it. Um, next week we have an exciting one: the Cape and Cowell conspiracy. Uh, which one is that? Yeah, you can't remember. Yeah. Uh, it's stuffed the gills with death traps. Okay, that I mean that sounds pretty good. I love a good death trap. This has like five. <laughs> uh, so yeah, tune in for that. Same battering time, same battering channel. You go. I have turned the world upside down and I have done it all for you.